1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Here we go. Hello. Welcome to Rugby Engine. And welcome to this. I think we're in the Melmaison Hotel. We're ordering a coffee and a soda water. And I'm with with Matthew Tate. Hello, Matthew.
1: Hello. How are you? I'm
0: very well, thanks. Uh, You'd be surprised how how difficult it is to spot a six-foot England rugby player in a crowd of people. (laughs)
1: I'd say probably just under six foot. <laughs> a busy, <laughs> no, a busy no, evening.
0: Now, I'm six, I'm six foot two. Are you actually six foot? Or is that just a listing? Is that just probably, an agent's you, listing?
1: Probably just a Wikipedia. Um, I'm 183 centimetres, I believe, so whatever that works out, probably oh, right. just under six foot. Yeah, round it up to six foot, it'll get
0: you an extra 10, 20 grand a
1: year. Exactly, something like that. Uh,
0: so tell me what you're, what you're up to in Manchester, why are
1: you here? Uh, I'm up doing my Masters at uh, Salford, Um similar one, I know you've interviewed Ed Slater, it's exactly the same you, thing, so yeah. Sports Directorship Masters, um, I missed today, I was down in London with other arrangements, but yeah, I've got uh, an assignment presentation tomorrow
0: so what is it about sports directorships that you sorry directorship which you quite like because I mean that implies to me that you want to carry on a career in sport in some form
1: yeah I mean sports what I've I know I guess I've been involved in um, I've done a little bit of coaching and that wasn't really my bag the day to day on the field stuff but I find the, the off field the operational stuff how the sports business works and um, I guess kind of unique to to other businesses, and it's there's the, there's the business business side, and then there's the, the performance side, and um,
0: it's interesting because obviously where you are now. I mean, are you looking at Simon Cohen and uh, Jed and thinking, um, yeah, I I would like that job.
1: <laughs> I think what both Simon and Jed do that role is is very interesting. I think to you've got to go into probably the, the real world and gain some experience mm-hmm. of outside to, to hopefully bring something back in at some point. Um, I think it's probably healthy personally, um, when the time comes to stop, but also to bring new I guess new new ideas into into sport from, from different industries.
0: How do you
1: mean? I mean where, where, where do you see yourself going next? I've no idea. <laughs> um, I don't really know, to be to be perfectly honest. So once the once the playing's playing days are, are done, um, I guess the difficulty I, ha- I have not guys that have only ever known rugby. Uh, I've came straight from school. It's mm. all I've been involved in. You don't necessarily know what exists to a certain extent in the real world. You, you can do as much research as you, as you want into things you think might be of interest, but actually um, you have to kind of dip your toe into to different things and, and try and find out what what does interest you.
0: It's interesting that, because a lot of lads that I speak to, I'll say the same thing like, you know, maybe it's better to go away and come back. But you don't hear accountants saying that, right? It'd be better if I just went you know elsewhere and then came back to be an accountant account later. You are a genuine expert at the workings of rugby clubs. So I mean, when, when, when did you make your Newcastle debut? Se- 17,
1: 18? Uh just turned 18, yeah. So, uh, end of the O three four 3 4 season, which was my, my last season. Yeah, I think you sort of then see in football that people go from playing for many years into... Managerial or kind of off-field positions, and that's not necessarily their skill set. So I think it's whilst you have an appreciation for the game and perhaps how the game's evolved and, and, and what's going on, you don't you don't have the the other skill sets that are required for that. I think. Could you
0: see something in a different sport?
1: Maybe um, I'm I'm, in, I'm pretty a generalist with all things, and I, I love sport, full stop. Whether rugby, football. Watching or kind of taking my young lad now, who's is under six football on a Saturday morning. It's um, I think just sport in general gives you so many outside of the doing it professionally. It just gives you so many great opportunities. Um, thank, you. thank you. Great opportunities um, to interact with different people from different backgrounds. To learn about disappointment, hard work, all the cliche things, but it's. Um, yeah, whether I can, I don't know, can see myself in another sport. I, I don't know. There's, um, I think, to do that, you, you you do have to then, outside of the the sporting context of thing, learn learn different skill sets about the business of of sport and, and the various kind of yeah, areas that it covers.
0: It's the annoying small things like showing up and like showing up on time in like in a tie and just yeah. annoying <laughs> business things which you've got to do day in day out.
1: Yes. Something along those lines. Um,
0: so what is it you're working on at, at, at the moment? I, I appreciate we've, um, we've, we've got limited time because you've
1: got to dash off and do an assignment. So what is it you're working on? Uh, we, this module we're doing is a digital innovation assignment. Um, so we are looking, myself and... It's actually a group assignment. assignments. There's myself and a guy called Ed Hollis, who's actually our head of medical at Tiger, so he's doing ah, it as yes. well. He um, We're doing something around... Uh, concept with virtual reality around um, being able to give fans during the build-up to a week an insight um, into the training week and almost been involved in training uh, so you can experience that on a match day so you feel involved with, more involved with the players and try and enhance your match day experience basically so it's proving I guess trying to prove that as, a, as an idea and a concept I know other clubs and other sports have done it and um, at the Man City, have done a lot of stuff around being able to actually watch the game from different positions. Um, we didn't necessarily want to do that because the experience I've been at Welford Road is is amazing. It's actually how can you work around enhancing that basically. So that's that's the premise of what we're trying to trying to do, and it's um, you're looking into business proposition around that and funding and. Yeah, various problems that might come from it and who you're trying to engage with, your buyer personas all that kind of do, stuff.
0: Do you think sport as it is currently is going to find itself in a bigger uphill battle every year, particularly with things like e-sports and other things which are just so much more accessible?
1: Yeah, I think Well, that's kind of a, it's a broader question as well around social change, well, how we engage with sport and, and social norms. I think um, rugby's got some interesting times ahead. I think... Um, just in terms of e sports, is one football continues to grow year on year. and You've then you've got the rise of kind of, I guess, non traditional sports things that are using the streets outside, like things like parkour and, yes. and those kinds of things that don't require 30 people for a game to take place in a massive field. So, um, yeah, there's some, there's some interesting times ahead for more, probably more traditional sports.
0: Yeah, I've actually uh, trained jiu-jitsu at a parkour gym and I couldn't have been less impressed by the, <laughs> the style of the parkour.
1: Yeah. But uh, I guess it would be, yeah, be interesting to see what, where things like that go. Uh,
0: so, aside from this, you're, and the fact that you played for England and the fact that you've been a professional player for as long as everyone can remember now, uh, you, you've also got a pilot's licence uh, and you wanted to be a doctor one point
1: yeah, so come back to the, the generalist. Who, um, yeah, originally, I, if I hadn't gone down playing rugby, I'd always wanted to look at doing medicine. Um, so how Jamie Roberts has managed to do it, I've no idea, yeah. but I tip my hat to him. And the, I think there's a few of the South African guys, one of the well, Duplicy d- d- brothers is a, a medic as well. I have a theory that Jamie Roberts is studying medicine, so he
0: never actually has to practice medicine again.
1: Yes, probably <laughs> He uh, so I, d- I did buy a med um, at Newcastle, got halfway through that and um, for various reasons the World Cup in 07 been one of them um, and moving clubs from Newcastle down to Manchester, um, it kind of got put on hold, I then tried to restart it when we moved down here in part time at Salford it wasn't doable so I'm dreadful for sitting still um, so I thought alright I'm going to Doing my pilot's license, so I did that over near the Trafford Centre at Barton. Yeah. Um, yeah, and loved it. It's, cool it's a cool airfield there, actually. Isn't it? It? It's good. Yeah, it was uh, such a short runway that it certainly uh, you can polish the takeoffs and landings <laughs> to get pretty pretty proficient at them. So, yeah, I did that. Um, loved it. We moved down to, to then down to Leicester and had two kids, and <laughs> unfortunately, my flying fund's now the become the nursery fund and devastating, yeah, so I've got to hopefully re- redo that at some point, um, as that's all elapsed, but uh, yeah, I, I miss it, I miss, do miss it a lot, it used to give you a real buzz that, um, no. outside of rugby being able to kind of...
0: No, I'm sure people that want to hear about rugby are going to hate me asking this, but I'm going to do it anyway.
1: Mm. Um, tell me about go, go, going in a tornado. Going in to a tornado, yeah, so that was, that was a long time ago, so we did some... Self and Lee Dixon some coaching for the for the R F sevens and probably they'll get in trouble for me saying this but <laughs> <laughs> they um, they very kindly uh, took us up in a in a tornado just before they got disbanded from I think it was Leaming. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, Leaming, Oh yeah, the
1: um, um, yeah, the ones. Yeah, yeah. So we got to go up in that and I mean that was just yeah, just incredible. Um, got to fly up over over my old school. Uh, over my mum and dad's up to Newcastle and then over the North Sea and it was uh, yeah. It's is amazing, isn't it, isn't it? That
0: there's uh, a couple of guys somewhere that just sign off you and Lee Dixon to get into a fifty million quid, quid machine, <laughs> yeah, and fly around, a national security asset.
1: Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> but it was that was amazing. We were kind of yeah, very uh, very low altitude over the, over the North Sea and just yeah, the speed of it was ridiculous. We got from Leamington to Newcastle in about <laughs> it seemed like about two minutes. Yeah, it was incredible. I bet.
0: Um, so what, what, what I'm trying to figure out here, right, is you've got all these different interests, and you clearly do. And you say that you've, um, you know, you don't like sitting still for too long. How have you managed just being a rugby player for? Uh, I'm going to say 12 years. It's, it's probably more now.
1: Yeah, it's probably more. i we, I've been. I think it's my start like my 14th or 15th season. Um, oh, you just try and fit things, in and around play. And rugby's always been, yeah, well, f- full time commitment and put everything into that, it's just nice to have things away from.
0: Does does rugby start to feel like a drag or start to feel a bit dull
1: after a while? It certainly certainly changes, Um, I still enjoy what I do, you kind of lose the youthful exuberance when you first come into it, that naivety of you don't know what the winter winter months are like or what (laughs) pre-season's like or... um, Kind of naive to the the pain of those big losses and, and how much that that can affect you. Um, so it certainly changes. You don't. I don't think you necessarily. Um, you, st- you still you still love the game. You do go through moments, particularly tough times, and we've had a few of those over the over the last few years at Leicester, where you don't necessarily enjoy it as much as, as you used to. And at times, you probably should. Um, cause you, with any job. Um, when you're immersed in it, you don't appreciate it sometimes, Um, actually how fortunate you are to do that, Um, and I think it's only when you spend time out injured or you then can't do it anymore, either through injury or retirement, you probably look back and hope you'd appreciate it a bit more.
0: Do you think think there's a tipping point where rugby is no longer for you, like for instance when you're not excited for a match day, or you don't really care about the loss, or you
1: just a bit greyed out by
0: it, um, or do you just carry on being a
1: professional? I think, still, I don't think you ever. I think it's either in you or not to care about losing. Um, I don't think you ever lose that. I think that's just the competitive nature that you need need in you to be able to be in professional sport, whether that's rugby or, or whatever you do. Um, so I think when you start to lose that, I think that's probably a time. And I, still, and I still have that I, I would always hope that even if I was to retire at 35, 36 that there'd be still things that I would want to improve at and try and achieve and, and do so I think that's probably something that's either in you or not
0: mm. uh, now tough times at Leicester
1: <laughs> yes
0: um, we won't go into the, the specifics just just at the moment but do you think there's an element there of expectations um you know, expectations holding down down the club because let's face it, Leicester are one or two, it's not going to be a, a particularly successful successful season, regardless of, the, of composition of the squad.
1: Yeah, I, I mean Leicester is an it's an amazing club, and I was always I remember playing playing against Leicester for Newcastle and Sale, and Salem. you were kind of in awe of the teams and the fan base and the stadium and. And I've been lucky to be there for eight years. It's um, it's to a certain extent. There's there's expectation, but you, I went there, and anyone that signs for Leicester goes there knowing there's expectation. Um, there's, there's a number of teams now that are, and the league's so competitive now with the the kind of external investment and people coming into it that. You don't, just because you play for Leicester doesn't give you the right to be in the top four, and um, the record that we in the, the club have—I think last year was the first time in however so how, yeah, ever that we missed out on the playoffs. And to be part of a, a playing group that's, yeah, hasn't made the playoffs is, is, is sometimes it's, it's pretty hard to take. But um, I think the expectation. You go there knowing that that is the case. Can it be a bit of a millstone at times, trying to look at change, if you're trying to change things? Because there's that expectation that you will always be there in the top four. I, I don't know. That's probably a course. Do you look at it as in
0: you guys are still a real high quality set of in, set of individuals, a high quality team, and everyone's just caught up, or do you see that you've just got that the squad has dropped off a bit?
1: Well, um, I think when I've, I've I first started out there was it was probably realistically only a couple of teams that would win or be in the mix to win the league um, one of those obviously always been always been Leicester I think um, the nature of some of the the owners that have come in to, to the game and the investment they've brought whether that be a salaries excellent model's obviously slightly different the likes of the Wasps It can attract very good players. The whole the whole league is more professional in terms of the academies, which were, I guess, very much in their infancy um, when I first started out. Um, so yeah, I, d- I don't know whether it's necessarily less to have been been left, been left behind. But again, that's probably a question for others outside of yeah. outside of me.
0: So I, I do know. I sort of you know, this just makes one uh, wondering out aloud here. But I do wonder if part of it is almost self fulfilling. Like when you're successful, you you know you can attract all, all all the best players, or players come to you because you know they want to win things. And when they've got more than one choice of where to go, maybe at, maybe that's an element of it. I think we see it now with Saracens or Exeter. Players will go there because you know maybe for, not a lot less, but a little bit less because they've got a good chance of winning things. And I wonder if it's a bit less to be in that mix now. It's almost diluted the players that
1: players that
0: they could attract um, oh, well, actually let's put it another way I mean, when Leicester came in, came in for you when you were in your sale you must have felt that way
1: yeah the big attraction for me to come down here for, to Leicester for, for less payment was you when you were going to be if you were at Leicester you were going to be in the shop window internationally and not obviously in the mix for final semi-finals and winning things Um but yeah, yeah, you're probably right. You've got your exit and your salaries are probably there now. and yeah. it's The club maybe does need to look at ways of rectifying that. Sorry
0: to um, draw down on this. But <laughs> <laughs> when I just said that... I'm just going to um, keep sitting on the fence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I just said that, um you know, let us go for less, le- um, less payment, I wasn't actually referring to, to yourself. But but did you go to Leicester for less?
1: Yeah, I did, yeah, at the time. Because, wow. Because... Listen, money in a, in a finite career is important but ultimately you want to win things yeah. <laughs> um, and I would imagine if you have conversations with the likes of the Saracens or an exeter now you probably find that guys would and probably around the strength of the, the culture and what they've built people would potentially stay there for less um, yeah. or come in Potentially for less, I don't know. That.
0: So, what do you think the primary drivers are for players when they're looking for new clubs? I mean, if you take, I mean, money, game time, exposure.
1: Uh, I, I think that's very, very individual. Um, depending on, I guess, on who, on who you are, I think um, there's probably a combination of of all three, and you, as a player, you weigh up. Which is, more, which is the most important is it about playing, is it about maximising your value, is it about winning things and you also throw into the mix things like having to potentially, where you're moving from the effect on the family um, all those things have to come to the mix and for, for different individuals it'll have different, different sway uh, I, I
0: know it's a rather really trendy subject uh, uh, at moment. Um, do, do you think welfare comes into that that decision though Uh, your workloads and you know injury rates of clubs that
1: kind of thing well in terms of when you think
0: when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: what about going to a particular yeah. place. Um, I think most clubs, to be fair, are pretty hot and want to look after their players. Um, yeah.
0: I mean, the reason I, the reason I mention that is because, just again, thinking, thinking that out um, I was at Sale the other week at one of their press dates, and one of the things that they carry on saying is they've had the lowest injury rate for the last three years, which I think is quite remarkable considering the you know, size, of their, size of their squad. And I wonder if that, if that in the future will start to play more into what players want.
1: Well, potentially, I think all, all the clubs will have various ways of measuring. What the loads are on their players, whether it's physical or psychological load. I guess it, if you're looking to be recruited by a club, that's a, that's a question you would ask as a player. Um, what what information that club's looking looking at in order to look after you, I guess. Um, uh, I, yeah,
0: I guess um, that's where uh, a guy with the uh, sports directorship would <laughs> <laughs> we in handy. Uh, tell me about the. 07 World cup because that, that is a that is a fascinating period in in english rugby history a team that probably wasn't meant to go as far as far as it did
1: yeah it was um that's a long time ago as well um, it was just a bit of a strange one to be honest um like we, we, I'm sorry, we had our groups Tonga, America and South Africa um, played the States first And it wasn't a particularly great game um, They ran 36-0 against South Africa In the group stages um,
0: Oh yeah, I remember that
1: And there was things like I think in One of the sessions as well, Johnny hurt his ankle So he was potentially look, looking at been missing for, for periods of time So uh, somehow we made it out of the group And we got to the, the quarter-finals In, in Marseille and then it was just it was just such a weird God, I know, mean, i was twenty one at the time, so it was just such a weird occasion um so we arrived at the hotel' there players i think the Georgians had been there prior to us and certain players had come to their rooms and there was like vomit all over the the, <laughs> the rooms from the, the the Georgians who had uh, clearly enjoyed themselves sort of had a little bit of a not stag do but it was just it was just a bit strange um I remember one player was on the phone to his his kid to remain lameless to say, you know, don't worry, I'll be home on Tuesday. No, you <laughs> are getting shirts signed. But I, not the, we didn't go. We went into the game believing we could win. This was this, that was the, was the thing. And I mean, the Australian team on paper was better than ours. I mean, they had my Griezmann, Lark, and Mortlock. I think Ghetto played. Takeri. Yeah, they had a weird.
0: It's starting to come back to me now. They had a weird setup, and in Scott Johnson, didn't they, where Gitto
1: would play nine. Was that in that tournament? I can't remember. Or was it the
0: tournament before?
1: I think it was before. No, 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 because obviously it was
0: three when they won, yeah. the next one after that is 07.
1: Griegan would definitely played in the, in the quarters. Did he? Yeah, it was Griegan-Larkham.
0: Maybe it was one after that, then.
1: Yeah. He did play. He did try and play him at nine. I do remember that. I can't remember the France locked up
0: New Zealand. <laughs> Yeah, no, hang on, because that's in
1: Wales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you are right. Takiri was on one wing. I think Latham played at full-back. I can't remember. I think it was Adam Ashley Cooper on the other wing. So I mean, that uh, it was a ridiculous team. Um, we had Johnny. <laughs> we had Johnny, and I'm not there. We had Andy Sheridan, and he was
0: magnificent. Yeah, and
1: I think we were probably galvanised a little bit by the fact that you know, we hadn't played that well, and it was almost that was our. Final to a certain extent, and Johnny Johnny did what Johnny did. Andy Sheridan um, demolished the Aussie scrum. Um, and Mortlock missed a kick late on, I think, to win it. And we were just like, it was just all very surreal. And then, obviously, after we'd won, we went down onto the harbour in Marseille and. Uh, France New Zealand game was on. Um, and we didn't know the score, and as we got off the bus, we were like, right,
0: Hang on, is this the, France? Yeah. Uh, front, the France won that game? Yes. Right, Gittum definitely, definitely played played nine four periods of that tournament, I guarantee, because Scott Johnson J- Johnson was in charge, I guarantee
1: that. I'll, uh, I'll leave that to you. To yeah, because I remember, and now you mention it,
0: I remember watching it because I was watching it in. Cardiff when France Your played,
1: played his and, and that was an incredible thing. Yeah, well, we got off the bus and I um, was we just like, I <coughs> yeah, couldn't believe it really. Um, and, then yeah, went up to that and then we went up to that and then went up to Paris and we were in Paris then for a couple of weeks for the for the semi final against against France. Uh, Josh Lucy scored that try. I think my mind, Damien try either dropped a ball or let a ball bounce yes, and then Josh did. Josh collected it. Um, scored and then obviously, then the week of the final was just weird. It was um, if things like yeah, paparazzi following you around and all that was just a little bit, just a bit bizarre to be perfectly honest. Um, and then the other final was, yeah, that's what it was. It was, um, yeah, that scored, that scored on the back of that well, run. I could have retired after that. Yeah, I,
0: I keep do you know what, in my mind, I keep thinking that that, that, that try, which wasn't a try, was scored by Quato, but it was scored by you.
1: Quite it was quite over the score uh, quite sort of scored in the corner. Oh uh, so was, then I'd, you came on at full
0: fullback?
1: No, so I started in the centres. Um, and then I think I think Jason actually Robinson tweaked his hamstring in the warm up from what I remember. But he still he, he still started. Um I can't remember what point then I moved from centre to fullback. But there was quakes and quakes in the corner with the try or no try, um toe in touch, toe in not in touch, but um I think, yeah, I mean, the best team, and rightly in South Africa. Do
0: you think part of your journey in that was kind of, you know, in the sense that alcoholics hit rock bottom? Like, you guys losing 34 nil, like, it couldn't get much worse.
1: It um, maybe did. Give us a bit of freedom, to be honest. There, was, there wasn't necessarily an expectation there. Um, which allowed us to then yeah you know, go, we beat Tonga, Tonga in Paris in the last group game, um, and then obviously a quarter final and I guess then the pressure was off Anything after that was a bonus. But you still go, you still go into those games believing you're gonna, you're gonna win. It's, it's yeah you never go into a game thinking you're gonna
0: lose it. Now I know it was a long time ago, but I do seem to remember there was a controversy about Mike Hat playing Ted and Andy Farrell playing 10 and they picked Andy Farrell at 10 Mike at 12 and they, and, they, and they swapped it last minute jo- because Johnny was down yeah, that was for the Tonga game
1: I think was it yeah,
0: I think it was yeah because
1: Johnny hurt his yeah. ankle in training I remember rightly
0: and England had to work out like well they, they named Farrell at 10 and then there's all sorts of outrage and then they sort of went Yeah, back to I this. think it
1: was just about having two ball ball players essentially um, yeah. I think people like to get caught up about numbers on shirts and they were both there. It was two ball players and both very good players in their own right and it was just about having them on the pitch in Johnny's absence yeah well actually it, uh,
0: it's funny you mention that because I was uh, interviewing Billy Burns a few weeks ago and he told me that he, him and Mark Axel swapped shirts just so Mark Axel could have a premiership 10 shirts <laughs>
1: didn't know that yeah there
0: you go a little, um, a little, uh, a little there.
1: Thanks so, what, what, your, what, was your, what was your overriding memory of, of that tournament? The quarter-final was the biggest thing, and then, the, to be honest, the, the finals just all a bit of a blur because, uh, well, the, the party afterwards was quite a heavy one, so I can't remember too much about about the day. Really, it was. Um, it was, it was just—it's like I was, I was 21 at the time, so it was That's everything. Amazing. Everything was just a bit. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. So you're a little bit naive. To the
0: did you did you think when you got to that World Cup final, being 20, being 21, doing yeah. so well, that surely you're going to get to another one? This is this is basically how how it is now.
1: Yeah, you probably do. Um, take it for granted that you're always going to be in in and around that stuff, but a combination of. Not playing well enough and, and injuries meant that, yeah, that was yeah, my one and only World Cup. Yeah, it's
0: yeah, it's uh, you know, it's quite uh, it's quite uh, quite something to be in a final.
1: Yeah, Well no, no, it's one of those things. I'm sure I'll look back on when I am finished and be able to enjoy not, it more than
0: not to be too morbid uh, about the whole thing. But do you ever kind of sit back and think how different things would, would have been if if you'd have won?
1: Um, yeah, I probably could have retired. Um, after this speaking afternoon golf speaking,
0: tournaments for, yeah, for yeah, the for, for 5k appearance at 22
1: yeah they've been <laughs> nice it? Um, well, I've not really, <laughs> not really thought about it to be honest I've, I've, it was a, it was an amazing journey to, um, to get to the final I think and rightfully the, be- the better team won ultimately throughout the tournament South Africa were really the outstanding team
0: yeah. so let's turn our attention to um, Tigers again
1: um, what in your mind is not clicking this, this season um, it's difficult for me to you know, well and truly sit on the fence again but I'm not out a uh, train I mean, I'm involved in, in a few kind of and around meetings and all the messages the coaches are giving the, the players are receiving it's it's all stuff that's spot on and for whatever for whatever reason it's wait. not
0: why would a, because I I tend to believe that most coach, fact every coach in the Premiership knows that knows that stuff. Even the most junior ones, or the least, least experienced ones, know what needs to happen. What do you think the disconnect is though know, between what coaches say and then how players react and how players, players, players respond?
1: Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Is is the honest answer? It's um, it's been a bit of a tricky start to the season, and Geordie's done a great job. Having not, been know, not having a full a pre-season to kind of implement his things, um, Matty O'Connor obviously going after the first game of the season. Um, for me, Geordie's going to be a going to be a, a great, a great coach. He's got the respect of the players uh, higher up. He's well respected in the game. His, his knowledge of the game is second to none. And you sort of forget that he's done his time as the number two. Finished in 2013, and he's been ever present in and around the squad since then. So, kind of roundabout way, I don't know the the, the messages that the, the group are, are getting. I think are all are all there. It's I, I don't know the answer. I, I do think it's I think when talking about Jordan Murphy, it's very
0: important to remember that before he took over the head job, he was linked to a lot of first team you know, head coach roles outside of Tiger's I just wonder if you know taking the Tigers' job might be a bit a bit of, a, a, bit of a, a bit of a poison poison chalice. There. And by the way, that's just me thinking. You don't have to respond or or answer that.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say I think Jordy's going to be a, be a great great coach. There's no one that knows. The club, or embodies what's good about Leicester Tigers and Jordan. Yeah,
0: um, were you frustrated with the departure of Matt O'Connor Because obviously, it takes a while for you to blend in and you know a, a, get to know a coach and get to know <coughs> what that coach wants.
1: It's a good yeah. change. Yeah, I was coached by Matt. His first, his first time at the club, and um, really enjoyed being coached by him. He's quite a, d- a direct character, but I, I enjoyed playing playing under him. And um, again, it's. It's obviously frustrating from his perspective that things didn't work out second time round. Um, f- f- again, for, for whatever reasons. Mm. And,
0: and was he the same coach second time round as he was first time round? Did everything feel familiar? Did all the all assist, uh,
1: all, all systems the same? That uh, stuff. Yeah, um, Matt I don't has been coached, by Matty you knows he's quite a he's quite a direct character and calls a spade a spade, and he. He's, you under no illusions what he, he demands of you. And, yeah, I mean, he he did that in second time round, And um, so it's, you know, with the, the year prior to that, we, we got to... I'm trying to remember where we were. So this, he first came in after Major, gone, we were in the semis and lost to Wasps, I think. And then, who did we lose to in the semis the year after? I can't remember.
0: Uh... Wasps. So wasps and wasps? It might have been wasps. I remember an amazing game where um, Freddie Burns played his socks off.
1: It was one where um, Josh Bassett scored in the corner. I can't remember which one that year, yeah I mean, The reason I remember that
0: is because it was when Freddie was just about to go off obviously, obviously to battle and, bat yeah. and vice versa. Was that last year? Or the year? No, it
1: no, it wasn't last year. Because yeah, we didn't make before. it a year before, yeah. So I mean, we nearly made the same as last year, yeah. the year. That year and then obviously missing out last year was, was hugely disappointing. But obviously you never like to see anyone kind of the human element of it you never like to see anyone lose their yeah. lose the jobs it's not nice yeah it's,
0: it's difficult because everyone sees just the you know nice. just
1: the individual that's family behind it yeah well that's the that's people. the bit that ultimately professional sport is all about performance I mean, if you're not delivering on that then that's what you're judged against but there is a yeah there's a human element to it and I mean, it's never nice to see people lose their jobs
0: how do you see Tigers driving, driving themselves forward Um
1: course oh, got some big questions
0: um, <laughs> Very broad questions,
1: oh, questions. Very broad open questions oh, I don't know, there's a, there's a good A good group of players There's obviously some key guys They're going to be leaving next year So people like Matt Tamua yeah. um, But there's a, there's a good core group Of players And of a good age as well um, There's some good young guys coming through our academy um, training the first team now, likes to sort of um, Tommy Rafael, um, Will Evan Sam Lewis. Rafael so like,
0: is that the flanker
1: for the Welsh? And yeah, the flank, yeah. Um, and he's flanker. Yeah, he's he's a good player. Um, so there's driving forward. Do you
0: do you see anyone in that last signings group who um, was the 17 year old Matt Tate when you were up in when you're up in Newcastle?
1: Um, sort of the likes of Jordan Jordan Oliver affair. He was a standout um, tournament of the 20s last year. Um, still, quite, still quite raw, I think he would admit that himself. Um, unbelievable athlete. Um, I think with some of those younger guys, it's just learning yeah. about what's involved with being a professional.
0: Yeah. And what is in um, store for you now in rugby? Go- going forward
1: how long would you like to play for <laughs> as long as possible till the body gives up um, I, I don't know is the, is the answer our contracts up at the end of this year so we'll, we'll see um, yeah, still enjoying it um,
0: think the kids would like to pick up French
1: <laughs> we nearly went to France a few years ago. so oh, yeah. Yeah, Meant to go what, to Bayonne. Yeah.
0: What, what happened there? Did the Bayonne
1: go down? Well, they got relegated. Yeah. Um, so that was part of it. We were also uh, we just had our our second. um had he had, had a few issues with reflux and baby related ailments, and also my missus um, had a bit of a hard time post yeah. number two. So we were we were looking to. Um, renege I think, is probably the right word um, on that prior to them going down, um, which didn't sit messi- well, didn't sit right with me really, because I'd given my word to go over there, but um, yeah, ultimately, it's family is the most important Absolute, thing, and um, right. that,
0: even if Bayon is a nice little surfing, type, yeah,
1: it's, it's horrible, isn't it, down there on the coast? And awful, I, yeah, let's oh, no, yeah. um, ask you what you
0: made of Marseille, and that's actually down there. Last, uh, last weekend but we're not going to get uh, into you know. I honestly can't remember it's been so <laughs> so, so, so. Uh, so do you fancy a stint, um, a stint in France do
1: you think you'll have a few more years years of or I, I, it's above, above my decision all I can do is try and get myself fit um, and what will be will be
0: excellent um, now you don't strike me as a man that's going to be overly active on social media? I am not. <laughs> <laughs> is there any way that, that we can find you or find you pushing products or
1: something? Um, no, I'm, on, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not really on social Well, I am on social media, but Instagram is the only one. But it's very much a vetted process.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, I do have one more thing to Do you have a pretty much routine for away games?
1: Uh, are you asking this because you know it's a weird answer? Might be. Um yeah so I've got a weird thing around running water. What? Um Yeah so I I would normally basically sit next to the shower with the shower on cuz it helps me relax.
0: Really?
1: Coming a bit more <laughs> a bit more environmentally conscious now so I've now got a <laughs> yeah, I've now got an app on my phone that plays white noise but uh yeah that's, that's
0: interesting I- it's not as crazy, crazy as um, as you think. When I have when I have uh, uh, trouble
1: sleeping, I often put on the ten hour wind um, rainstorm. Yeah. So now, to, well, I've got I can't remember what It's called baby noises or something. But yeah, it was yeah for what? It's a weird habit that I've had from being young. Like we used to <laughs> randomly sit next to the tumble dryer but, and stuff like, like why,
0: that. Why? Why for a game of all things? Um, just to Risms try it. Or?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously nerves to a point are good, but you don't you don't want to go over the top as such. So it's just a means of, of sitting there and reading a book with the shower on, basically. Brilliant, absolutely
0: brilliant. Well, Matt, thank you very much. We're going to wrap it up there. Um, I'd love to talk to you more, but I do appreciate you've got stuff to do. I do. So we're going to get a tram, and you're going to finish off your your
1: assignment. So thank you very much. No worries. Thanks, Tom. Cheers.